Welcome back to the Genesis of Conception. I am your hostess, Rebecca David, and this is the space between the picket lines where we talk about all things pro-life, but we use strictly facts and evidence that can be proven and tested. Now, in the last episode, we covered part one of the human trafficking connection, which focuses specifically on sex trafficking and how it relates to the abortion industry. This week is part two, which covers aborted fetal body parts and their connection to the abortion industry and the trafficking that happens with them. Now, warning in advance, it is going to be a topic that breaks your heart and it is painful, but it is so necessary to discuss and to be aware of. So thank you in advance for being willing to go down this road with me. So today's episode is going to be broken down into two sections, aborted fetal body parts trafficking and the Planned Parenthood connection. However, due to their intertwined nature, there will be points during this episode where I'll be talking about them both simultaneously. So to give you a mind's eye on this one, part two picks up in the back of some abortion mill where a baby has just been ripped apart. And what happens next is even more appalling. So to begin, we know five things for certain, thanks to fetaltissue.org and also the centerformedicalprogress.org. First, there is a limited time tag to extract fetal tissue from an aborted baby. We'll get into all this later on, don't worry. Second, this tissue is carefully selected, which is important considering how abortions are performed. Third, Abortion procedures adapt to the tissue's specific requirements. Fourth, some babies are specifically born alive for the express purpose of dissection. And five, there is sworn under oath court testimony from abortionists and those who witnessed abortionists do what they do regarding all of these matters. So next, we're going to take a deeper dive into what those five points translate to in practical application. Now, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you direct quotes from people who witnessed these things or did them firsthand. And then I'm going to tell you what the regular human translation of those quotes are, because a lot of times they use a bunch of fancy doctor speak. So I'm going to translate that for you. So don't tap out on me because this stuff is super duper important. And another quick side note, you're going to notice that for some of these quotes, I don't have a specific name to give you attached to the quote for who said it. And the reason for that is that oftentimes when people are brave enough to speak out about what's actually happening in in the abortion industry and with all of this stuff, there is a ginormous desire for anonymity for a whole variety of reasons. So apologies in advance for that. Now, looking first at the tag team, that is extraction of fetal tissue and babies being born alive specifically for dissection. On this one, I present Dr. C. Ward Kisher. He is an emeritus professor of anatomy and also a specialist in human embryology. He said, quote, fetal tissue for transplantation must be harvested within a few minutes of delivery. Drugs which reduce fetal physiological activity need to be avoided. The fetus is therefore in as much of an alive and an aware state as possible when being opened. 
In order to sustain 95% of the cells, the live tissue would need to be preserved within five minutes of the abortion. Within an hour, the cells would continue to deteriorate, rendering the specimens useless. To obtain embryo cells for culture, a programmed abortion must be adopted. Choosing the age of the embryo and dissecting it while still alive to remove tissue to be placed in culture media, unquote. So in regular human speak, what this guy is saying is that abortionists will purposefully deliver a living child only to intentionally cut them up in search of wanted tissues. And they will do this without any anesthesia because it like ruins um, the tissue in the way that they need it to be. They also know that they are working within a limited time frame because the tissue is going to die in short order after being separated from its host. And who is its host? The very much alive child who was just born alive for the purpose of dissection. Now, next, regarding careful selection. Dr. Sven Gard, he's a Swedish doctor who actually helped to mastermind the rubella vaccine, and he stated that he was all about genetic purity. And if that sounds familiar, it's because Hitler was into the same exact stuff, the same exact stuff as was Margaret Sanger. And Margaret Sanger might sound familiar because she is the founder of Planned Parenthood. I actually go in depth about her in my History of Abortion episode. So, Dr. Sven Gard stated, quote, this fetus was chosen specifically for this purpose, aka genetic purity. Both parents are known, and unfortunately for the story, they are married to each other, still alive and well, and living in Stockholm, presumably. The abortion was done because they felt that they had too many children. There were no familial diseases in the history of either parent and no history of cancer specifically in the families. So to translate... To doctors like Svengard, it is not enough that they are murdering and dissecting babies for blood money. They have to add insult to injury by only selecting the ones whom they consider to be pure. Their words, not mine. And additionally, ideally, these babies should come from broken homes. Um, and the, the short reason for that is because there is a lot of statistics that show that if women get pregnant outside of a, of a safe and sound structure where they are married to someone who cares for them and, you know, will, will help them raise this child and all that good jazz, if, they, if that is not the case, which is what we generally dub a broken home, then that woman is more likely to come in for an abortion and then all of the things that will follow possibly for that aborted child. So third, abortion procedures adapt to the tissue's specific requirements, such as for vaccine testing. Now, a big thing this is going to relate to in the current day is that um, there are some of, there are, I would say quite a few people currently in the United States specifically, um, and I'm speaking as a U.S. citizen, that do not want to get the the vaccine for COVID-19 because there is a lot of the research that has gone into the vaccine testing on the COVID-19 vaccine comes from use of aborted fetal body parts and fetal tissue and all of that could just. So that's a application for right now, right here in 2022. That sort of thing is happening. 
So we know from an anonymous source within one abortion clinic that, quote, abortionists would employ a special means of induction so that they could deliver intact fetal cadavers with fresh organs, which would facilitate, in turn, the ready harvest of the needed fetal fibroblast lung tissue from which they developed the human diploid cell strain conducive to the growth of the respective viruses, including rabies, hepatitis A, and varicella, which is, uh, in regular speak, that's chickenpox. So the translation here is that once the fetal tissue has been deemed worthy by these folks, it is carefully salvaged so that it can be used for whatever the scientific research might be. And on a positively morbid side note here, ethicists have a universally firm stance on the matter. Quote, They have universally insisted that in the development of viral vaccines from aborted fetal tissue, there should be no collusion between the woman who has decided to abort her baby and the researchers, unquote. So these mothers are intentionally kept in the dark about what will be done to the remnants of their child. And my wager here is that if they were told a good majority of them would change their mind. There would just be too many questions and there would be sudden realizations involved, not limited to, but including, oh my gosh, this is an actual child and actual tissue is involved here and all that good jazz. And that would mess up the bottom line because remember, make no mistake on this, abortion facilities are in this thing for the money. That is their bottom line. So if they told the moms what was actually happening to a lot of the, to, to the, to the parts of their aborted child, the moms would walk out the door, as well they should. Now then we get to the bit that hones in on being specifically born alive for dissection. Embrace yourself. That's, this gets unspeakably awful. The following example comes from a Swedish eyewitness. Quote, Healthy human fetuses from 7 to 21 weeks from legal abortions were used. Fetal liver and kidney were rapidly removed and weighed. Now, at 21 weeks, what they were doing, or 18 weeks or 16 weeks, was what is called a prostaglandin abortion. They would inject a substance into the womb. The woman would then go into mini labor and pass this baby. 50% of the time, the baby would be born alive, but that did not stop them. They would just simply open up the abdomen of the baby with no anesthesia and take out the liver and the kidneys, etc. Experiments were being performed on near-term alive aborted babies who were not even afforded the mercy of anesthetic as they writhed and they cried in agony. And when their usefulness had expired, they were executed and discarded as garbage. Unquote. Now, in another heart-wrenching example, an extraordinarily brave nurse also gave her testimony on the matter. Quote, they took the fetus and they cut its belly open. They said that they wanted its liver. They carried the baby out of the incubator and it was still alive. It was a boy. It had a complete body with hands and feet and mouth and ears. It was even secreting urine, unquote. Now, lest you be fooled into thinking that these murderous escapades are from a different era, perhaps, say, whenever Roe v. Wade was first legalized 50 years ago, that this type of research has... Don't, don't be fooled into thinking that it's, 
it stopped way back then. This type of research has been occurring as near in time as 2014, when the National Institute of Health, that's right, the National Institute of Health, used aborted fetal tissue for no less than 164 separate projects. From an eyewitness on at least one of these recent projects, quote, a Dr. Kiko Maki would take late-term aborted babies and, while they were still alive, would slice them open and ransack their organs without even giving them anesthetic, unquote. And when Dr. Kiko Maki was asked to explain the reason for this atrocious experiment, the reply was that, quote, an aborted baby is just garbage, unquote. Now, before I go any further, let's just pause and think on that for just one second. It is awful that these babies are being aborted. What's even more awful is that they're being intentionally aborted in, in some instances because even though the mom does not want or doesn't feel capable of providing for that child, whatever the reason may be, their organs, that kid's organs still matter to the scientific community. So the baby is deemed garbage, but the organs matter. And what's even worse than that is that imagine if someone was trying to cut you open. Imagine that your organ was more valuable than your life to somebody. And so they got a hold of you and they strapped you down and they're trying to cut into you and they don't even give you the mercy of anesthetic. They are, they are, they're literally torturing you and you don't even have the sweet relief of a painkiller. That is what is happening in these instances to the most innocent and helpless amongst our population. That's the reality of this. That is the reality of aborted fetal body parts trafficking. Now, possibly most heartbreaking of all was one comparison that was made. Quote, monkey fetuses were more precious as there were fewer of them available than human fetuses. Unquote. So obviously all of this is truly awful and terrible. It, more evil than I even have words to use to describe it. But then the next question becomes, what exactly is the connection to planned parenthood? And thus we enter part two. Now, an essential piece to this puzzle came from David Delayden and his undercover team who were able to catch those working at Planned Parenthood making deals with tissue retrieval companies where they would actually alter the way that certain abortions were performed in order to obtain usable tissue and organs, all of which we know complements of Project Veritas and Spectator.org. Now, this means that while these helpless infants were being crushed and ripped apart and suctioned to death, their murderers were being very careful to avoid their crushing, the ripping, and the sectioning of the bits of the kid that the researchers had paid in advance to use. I, I truly cannot think of anything more evil than that. And it's really important to understand the gravity of what I'm saying right now, because when we're speaking on subjects like this, it can all seem so intense that you sort of disassociate from the information because thinking about it is awful and it is painful and it is gut-wrenching and it makes you want to puke. But for just one second, do that child the justice of putting yourself in their shoes. So I'm going to paint a mental picture and I want you to really think about it for a second. Imagine that you are that 
helpless, voiceless infant. Imagine your mother deciding that your life is trivial or it's just less important than her problems and that because of that, you can be done away with. Then imagine that the person she had paid in order to murder you had already been paid by some company to save the parts of you that had been deemed worthy. So you, as a human being, do not matter, but your organs do. Imagine people willingly and happily ripping you apart while being careful to avoid the organs that they wanted. You are in agony. You are writhing in pain. You are terrified and you are confused, as well you should be. There is blood everywhere. And breathing? Breathing feels impossible. And then everything goes black. You have been murdered. But the person who murdered you was paid blood money to take special care and ensure that the parts of you that were deemed worthy of salvation are saved for a different use. Now, as recently as last year, Planned Parenthood was selling to laboratories such as Da Vinci Biosciences and DV Biologics. Now, it is worth noting here that thanks to the insider info of those like David Daleiden, both Da Vinci and DV have been shut down. But make no mistake about it, there are many more like them that are still going strong. And we know compliments of spectator.org and firsthand witness testimony from David um, from a David Daleiden a few really horrible and sordid facts that they were able to uncover that have direct connection to Planned Parenthood. I'm going to give you the top three. There are many more, but I'm going to give you the, the baseline three that are super important. Number one, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he's part of them. He's responsible for nearly 60% of the NIH's funding of fetal experimentation. Hashtag COVID-19 vaccine. Recently, NIAID-funded scientists at the University of Pittsburgh took scalps off the heads of five-month-old aborted infants and then stitched them onto the backs of lab rats to keep them growing for drug testing. Number two, the Center for Medical Progress began reporting on the university's NIH application to become a quote-unquote distribution hub for six-month-old aborted fetal kidneys. The university advertised that it would use labor induction abortions to get the body parts and minimize the time without blood circulation to the kidneys, recording the precise moment that blood flow was lost. In layman's terms, that is infanticide, pure and simple. And number three, there are known hotbeds for fetal experimentation at the University of Pittsburgh, the University of California, San Francisco, and the University of California, San Diego. Those aren't the only ones, but there's some known ones. So to distill all of this intense and difficult information down into two key sentences, if preborn children are deemed a disgusting kind of worthy, backdoor deals are made with companies to do testing on salvaged tissue and organs for uses in things like vaccine development post the murder of the child. It is, and secondarily, 
It is almost universally agreed that the moms should not be made aware of the extra profit being made off of their aborted children because too many of them would back out and the profits would cease. Now, this is where I encourage you to to pause this episode and to take a moment to process all of this. It's intense and it's awful. And it's something that deserves to be thought about and to be given credence to. And also, if you would like to check out more information on this topic, you can go to my YouTube channel. It's also called The Genesis of Conception, or you can find it by looking me up. It's uh, Rebecca David, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-D-A-V-I-D. And in the info box for this week's episode, which has the same title, there are a bunch of links to more articles and information. So do all that and unpause when you are ready for this week's book recommendation. So this week's book recommendation is The Slaughter, Mass Killings, Organ Harvesting, and China's Secret Solution to Its Dissident Problem. It's written by Ethan Gutman. And while it does not explicitly focus on aborted fetal organ harvesting, the reason that I want you to read this one is because when you read it, you are going to be furious. You are going to have a fire ignited in you because it's a human rights atrocity. And if it's a human rights atrocity for the grown adults and the teens and the children and all that good jazz, and it makes you furious because it definitely will, then so should this because it is the same exact thing. And now it's time for my favorite part of the episode. If you are facing a crisis or an unplanned or even an unwanted pregnancy, or maybe you know somebody who is, or if you have questions and you want to talk with me, please reach out. Whoever you are, I can get you connected to the proper resources and I can answer any queries that you may have. If you're looking for me on Facebook, I am Bex David, B-E-X like X-ray, last name David, D-A-V-I-D. And everything else, so any other any of the other social media platforms you might be looking for me on, I'm proudly pro-life Gen Z woman. Now, as for next week, we're going to launch into the my body, my choice argument, a.k.a bodily autonomy. And I'm going to explain to you why it doesn't actually make any sense on anything besides the most basic of service levels. But for now, have a fantastic and blessed and safe rest of your week and never forget how precious and beautiful and loved you are in the eyes of our Savior. And I challenge you to live as though it is true because it will completely revolutionize your world. Let's continue to be pioneers in the space between the picket lines together. Thank you very kindly for joining me. Till next week, God bless.